Blog Talk Radio. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning's sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. One of the problems, not specifically on this issue, just in general, that, uh, that um, uh, let's put it this way, money trumps um, peace sometimes. <laughs> In other words, commercial interests are very powerful interests throughout the world. And part of the issue in convincing people to put sanctions on a specific country is to convince them that it's in the world's interest that they forego their own financial interests. It's time for the most entertaining, informational, and educational show on Talk Radio 49. It's Behind the Curtain with your host, Brad Hicks and Lisa O'Brien. facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? And here we are, wherever time will find you. It is Behind the Curtain. Back on our normal schedule last week, we did our show with Linda Ives and investigator Keith Rounceball, and we were talking to Boys on the Tracks, the murders, in Alexander tonight, we shift our focus to the more spiritual side, the paranormal side, with our guest, Adrian Scalp of River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation, located in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Now, before we bring Adrian on, we're going to go live on the Subone Vapors Hotlines to the beautiful city of New Orleans. Welcome in our co-host for the evening, as always, Lisa O'Brien. Lisa, how are you doing? Hey, very well. How are you? I'm doing good. I keep trying to practice that opening uh, monologue, I guess you would say, to try to perfect it. So it's hit or miss with me today. Oh, that's that. We all have those days. (laughs) I like it. Well, Lisa, we had an interesting show last week, had a lot of people tuning in, and I hope that they have come back. As we venture even more behind the curtain and do what we like to do here, and that's delve into some of that um, supernatural, paranormal type stuff here on Behind the Curtain. And again, our guest tonight, Adrian Scalf, co-founder of River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Adrian described himself, Lisa, as a hardcore skeptic and scoffed when his wife, Tina, expressed her belief 
that the house they lived in was haunted, an experience that he could not rationalize, explain, or deny, in 1999, started him on the path of paranormal research and investigation. Adrian and Tina co-founded River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation in 2006, and Adrian and his team have conducted countless investigations of over, what, more than 200 homes and businesses in Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Missouri. As a former member of TAP's family, River Valley Paranormal Research Investigation's mission is to investigate, document, and educate the public and help people understand the strange activity in their homes or businesses using the latest equipment and scientific approach. It's going to be interesting tonight, for sure. I mean, I know that, Lisa, you have that skeptic side about you to a degree. I don't know your full belief in the paranormal and the supernatural, but... uh, you know, I've interviewed Adrian a couple of years back on this same program as we've reinvented it now here in 2018. Um, so I guess, Lisa, without any further ado, let's go ahead and welcome Adrian to the show. Perfect. Push this button. <laughs> Adrian, are you with us? I'm, I'm here. Well, first and foremost, Hi, appreciate you for coming on and <laughs> taking the time to do the show tonight. How are you doing? fantastic and huh? just uh just living the dream you know absolutely now adrian uh actually has to be at uh some other engagements at 9 30 tonight so we're going to have him for for a little bit tonight so go ahead adrian and tell us about what got you into the paranormal you know you you said that uh you were a hardcore skeptic and you scoffed at this whole concept of, of the paranormal uh, when your wife Tina had expressed her belief that your house was haunted, so go ahead and kind of explain how you got into the paranormal field. Well, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of the typical story. I mean, being an investigator now for uh, for years uh, and interviewing people, it's the same story over and over again. It was the same for us. What was happening? My wife at home, kids at home, kept experiencing stuff. I'm a typical man. I go, I wake up in the morning, I go to work, I come home, I sit down, and watch TV, I sit there and watch my food as I was eating it, I watch TV again, I go to bed. I never witnessed anything, but my wife is telling me there's there's like a ghost in the house that we lived in in McAllister. So you know, and I just thought that was funny. You know, being a Christian, I thought it was hilarious because you know she was a Christian too, and and the fact that you would even believe in a ghost uh, was silly to me. And then one day she told me she was touched, and I just thought that was hilarious. Um, just because there, there is no such thing as ghost, in my opinion. But one day uh, we was uh, I'm doing this real quick in a nutshell. Uh, we was actually coming home. It's not a ghost thing. We was coming home from movies in McAllister, Oklahoma, and on Main Street. And I don't know if you've ever been out there. If anybody's listening who lives in a small town, you understand the street just wrap up at five o'clock and we had come home from the movies on the other side of town late movie nobody was there well-lit street four lanes coming up to a main intersection we saw a creature across the road in front of us the creature i don't know uh i, I went straight to that's a demon right it was uh it was black about six foot long, you know, uh, on all fours, but the, the front legs were super exaggerated, almost looked like wings behind it, and its face was kind of bat-like, 
And uh, and my brain I was having a hard time wrapping around that. I had stopped in the middle of the road. She was like, did you see that? And I'm like, I saw something. She's like, what did you see? And I was like, no, you tell me what you just saw. Because I really thought I just went crazy there for a second. And then she explained to me, described to me exactly what I said. So I had to, I had to reconcile all that in my head. <laughs> when I, uh, I, I, was, I went to the point where, okay, if this thing is real, and it had to be because it didn't matter how crazy I am, it wouldn't have affected Tina. If this thing is real, then maybe ghosts can be. So I started paying more attention to because I heard the voices in the house. <laughs> I heard the voices. I, I you know I heard the creaks, but I was a typical man and just denied it and just brushed it off and went on with life. And uh, so, like you said in the thing, in 1999, right after that uh, that creature passed across the road, I did what I would consider my first investigation of sorts. Because uh, one night I was sitting there, you know, a couple nights after the event, uh, I was just sitting there on the on the couch like normal, and I heard what sounded like conversation. And I had to prove to myself that this conversation was coming from the neighbors. So I got up and went toward the voices. Looked out the window. Nobody was next door. There was nobody outside. So I continued looking for the voices going in the direction of where they were. And I passed the conversation. And it was inside the house. In this little uh, kitchenette area. And I just had to, I, I just, it, it, was, it was real. I didn't see anything. But the voices, as soon as I stopped and I looked in the direction of where the voices were, they just stopped. So that 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 was my entry to it. I, and and like I said, I was a Christian, so I, I am a Christian. But uh, I was I had to go and try to study that and try to figure out what it could be because what most people think of when they go to church is there is no such thing as ghosts. They were the same thought process as me. So I had to I had to figure out how this was. And make sure it wasn't like a demonic thing. Uh, but luck would have it, just a couple months after I uh, did that, I got a job here in Fort Smith. So we moved, lived in a rental home for about a year, and then we bought the house that we're living in now. And then I'm pacing around talking to you. Right and we were only here for a short while, and he was like, um... I think this house is haunted. <laughs> and I was like, no way. Because what? Because hauntings are supposed to be rare, right? And then uh, uh, one day, after I came home from work, I chased a shadow around the house. And it was, uh, that was back in uh, 2003, I think it was. And about uh, three years after that, I saw a whole body here. And that was it. We started. So that was that. That's an awfully large nutshell, but that's how we started our thing. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be speaking on that. We'll be speaking uh, on that in depth uh, at the Arkansas Expo. Uh, we'll, I'm speaking on Saturday, which I'm going to be talking a, a pretty scary ghost story. And on Sunday, I'll be talking about uh, how everything that I just told you there, but way more in depth with EVPs. Absolutely, and, and that 
Uh, Adrian, if you'll go ahead and plug the dates for the Arkansas Paranormal Expo. Uh, I think it's in October. I think it's the first week in October. It is. October, or I think it's October. It sure is. October 6th and 7th. And, and, and that that's right the there also, there not only do you get the paranormal aspect and the Bigfoot aspect and everything in between, you're also going to a great cause to uh, help preserve the Arkansas Museum of Military History, I believe. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's only $10 for the weekend. I mean, that's fantastic. I, I do know that the year that we were actually there... Uh, there were several vendors outside and, and a lot of uh, booths set up with various people. So it was a, it was a who's who of, of everything involved in what I guess a lot of people would, would consider, you know, the abnormal life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have several teams. You know, we have, we have a table and, and we sell we sell things, you know, several other teams sell things, you know, T-shirts and, and knickknacks and some equipment out there. And then you have some people who sell uh, uh, crystals. You also have people sell services because there's a, a lot of um, uh, psychics that go there. It's almost like a psychic fair at, uh, to a degree. I mean, there's a bunch of them down there. And, and if you like to be read, that's uh, one place that you can go do that. Of course, that is not included in the $10. Everybody's got their own price, so. Mm-hmm. I'm always afraid. I'm always afraid to be with it. I just don't. <laughs> well, why well, did you mention I'm the fact really that, that you're? To that. Oh, go ahead, Lisa. I said I'm now really looking forward to going to the expo. Oh, it's it's, it's really cool, Lisa. It honestly, is. no, Adrian. You said that you're a Christian and I am too, and I thought about this on the way home because I have that. By the way, work is a four-letter word, just so everybody knows. Oh, yeah. um, it is. But uh, I was headed home this afternoon, and, and in getting ready for the show, I uh, was driving down I-430, which, as we all know, at certain times, it gives you a lot of time to think while you're sitting there in that parking lot. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I thought about that, and I cannot – like, I, I believe in the paranormal, and I've had my own experiences and, and such, but I cannot rationally figure for the life of me, as you said, you know, everybody's involved in this, the afterlife, whether, you know, you've lived right or you've lived wrong. You have two options, depending on what religion you believe in. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Catholic have their version of purgatory, for which you atone for your sins before entering the gates of heaven and all. Can you... Explain to our listeners to a degree, and maybe in your own opinion, the afterlife as far as the paranormal goes and how they can associate both of them within a Christian faith. There's a lot of theology in here, and uh, and you, you can go for hours and weeks to talk about this because I studied a lot. But I will uh, – I'm going to get a little preachy here for a second uh, – People know about the rapture, First Thessalonians 4, uh, 16 and 17, and, and, and it said the dead in Christ will rise on that day, and then everybody who's left comes up. The reason why I said that is basically we all go to Jesus to be judged on the same day. Everybody in the past, everybody in the future until that day comes. So until that time, where are they at? The only, the only people that... 
says in the Bible that actually go to heaven, to the throne room of God, are martyrs, people that died for the cause. Everybody else, where they at? When Jesus died on the cross, he said to the thief, he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, the only thing that would refer to paradise in the Bible was the Garden of Eden, which is the dimensional realm. So it is my opinion, and not necessarily Tina's opinion and nobody else's, that, uh, you know, in my opinion, what we're seeing is some bleed over from that dimensional realm. Did I lose you? And let's even see wow. if you put it that way, because I've never heard that explained quite like that, and and it does make a lot of sense, Lisa. Yeah, oh, definitely. Everybody, everybody will come during the the rapture, as you know, that's familiar with that term. You know, everybody will come before Jesus at the same time. The old heavens and the uh, old earth will be. Swept away, and Jesus comes to the new heaven and the new earth. We're all just, we're all just there, waiting for the King and King to bring everything to Him. Nothing will obstruct our view to Him. So that everybody in history will do that. So that's what I'm saying. I I don't know. I really don't know why there's ghosts, but I do know uh, that there are ghosts. I know that there are demons, and I know that there are angels and the three separate entities. Well now, Adrian, I wanted to ask you wanted to ask you this as a as a you know, because you know, obviously you do this as a hobby and, and you know, you investigate for people and businesses and such. So you've you've had, you know, a ton of experience in this, way more than myself and I'm sure Lisa. But um now, do you believe in the you know, a person has the same Repetition of, of of movement and motion within a dwelling that they've been in for a long time. Like maybe you're at a job for 25, 30 years, and you're you you know you you don't virtually do the same thing, but you have that energy stored in that building. Because I believe that we all have you know energy within us and whatnot. Uh, do you believe? I've heard it explained. Could you possibly explain? Maybe I'm not illustrating it out correctly, but I've heard there's You're terrible at things it. like You're Polaroid. <laughs> You're terrible at it. Now, what you're referring to is the, uh, res- a residual ghost, right? Uh, where basically right. you have that psychic influence on that. And so when people are witnessing things, they're seeing something from the past. I don't know. You know, as much as we've investigated, I've never seen what I would consider a residual ghost. I've heard sounds and stuff like that, and I wonder if that, if that could be a, like a residual thing. But everything that we've come across has an intelligence to it that's responded to us. And, and, and once again, my opinion or my theory is most of the residual ghosts, I don't think that they're, uh, they're a ghostly operation more so than a brief psychic encounter for the person who sees it. Right. And I know, Lisa, I'm sure... And then then there are thousands of investigators out there, and and some of them might gnash their teeth at me, but that's just my opinion. And the the fact is, nobody knows for for real. I just know that there is stuff out there. You know, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned there's thousands of investigators, because obviously, um, 
you know, there are those, I guess, that are trained or, or have educated themselves further than your average, just let's go to this house, turn all the lights off, and yeah. look for things. Um, what what differentiates, like, uh, your group from, you know, from, let's say, the, the amateur hunt, ghost hunter? We're all amateurs. Uh, there is no such thing as a professional ghost hunter. Uh, there might be people who say that we are a professional team and it's how they handle uh, the team and the business aspect of it. But we're all amateurs. It's all hobbies. I started this as a, uh, as a ministry, uh, more so than a, a club or, hey, we're going to go uh, prove the existence. I was all about the people, not about the debt. Uh, Tina is was all about the paranormal aspect of it. She's been a uh, paranormal geek for for as long as she can remember. She was one of those people who go to the school library and get the Bigfoot books and stuff like that. So she had all the paranormal knowledge. I had the theology. I when I I had to reconcile what I was witnessing and had to go study and I had to go beyond the Bible because the Bible didn't talk about the spiritual matter, so I had to go, had to go into more of the uh, the Jewish literature, and and then I was, it opened my eyes to the spiritual realm more so than what Christianity had uh, shown me. So when I saw the full body apparition in my house, I went and called my pastor and I said, "Hey, uh, um, how do we handle ghosts?" And he basically said the same thing that I originally said to Tina: "There's no such thing as ghosts." And I thought, uh, mm-hmm. well, maybe we need to take this out. So I went out and started this as a ministry. I don't know if that answered your question. I just went on the rant. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Uh, yeah, because you see that, you know, you guys were, you said you were former members of PAPS and you watched. Uh-huh. That's actually what got me kind of started on and really interested in all of it. I remember the the famous scene from the Eastern State Penitentiary, which still, I guess, haunts me to this day, that, that image. I, you know, and then you have that, oh, that, I think that the that you know, have to debunk everything, you know, the snow.com, whatever I call them. Yeah. Well, let me, let me explain my, my relationship to Taps. When we, I didn't join Taps because I wanted to be part of their, uh, uh, who they were. I wanted to join TAPS for people like you if you were experiencing something and didn't know who to contact, but you knew this team on TV. So they had a network, and they still do. They had a, uh, it's called the Atlantic Paranormal Society or TAPS Family, and, uh, and, and you can find a team who's uh, more, more, Who's been around for a while? They're more, you know, because you know there are teams that will pop up and they'll be gone. And yeah, to yeah. Us, thank you. That's the word I was looking for. And uh, <laughs> and so they had some rules that you had to follow, that you had to be in uh, to, you know, to fit in that criteria. So you know, when you're calling a Tats family team, you not only have that team, but you have the entire network because there were things people asked us, and I was like, you know, I really don't know. Hey, let's call Pete down. In, uh, Houston, he's a, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's been doing it longer than me, and maybe he can answer and shed, shed light on this. So that's what we had in that network. So that was pretty good. Yeah, that 
is where I kind of learned about. And Lisa, you have you had any experiences, Lisa? I know you're from, you live in New Orleans, and a lot of activity, you know, reported in the New Orleans area. Obviously, the home of, you know, down on the bayou yeah. and that in that area. Um, I I have had an interest in the paranormal. I learned to read very young. And my grandma, one of my grandmothers kind of had an interest in the paranormal and things like that. And so because I love to read, she started giving me books. And my mother's family, to this day, I still believe their house was haunted. Because I can remember hearing footsteps and whispers and, you know, certain rooms we couldn't be in because it was too uncomfortable. And um, you just felt oppressed. Just yeah, just well, not oppressed, but anxious. Oh yeah. But yeah. I found when I was about ten, I decided I wanted my own space, and I couldn't use my mother's old room, and I couldn't use my uncle's room. I had to use the scary room, and my <laughs> uncle helped me clear it out room. and put put a bed in there, and I had my things in there, my books. And the first night I was terrified, and then the second night, right before I went to bed, I said, I know this is your house, but I need sleep. Don't walk in here. Please don't touch me. Please don't talk to me. I would really appreciate it. And then I went to bed, and I slept fine. See, and, 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 that's, and we, that, tell, we tell people that. We tell people that all the time, stand your ground. It, Most ghosts don't realize that they're doing that. We tell people, you know, this is your home. Mm-hmm. Look. Just stay away from me, you know, right. <laughs> basically. And, and, and it works. It really, truly works. I, and I think once I was no longer afraid, it actually intrigued me. Yeah. But then every night before I went to bed, I would just ask them very politely not to not to make the noises and not to do those things. Yeah. And they would, <laughs> you know, for the most part, respect that. Because yeah. I was polite and respectful to them, um, so that that's it. But I've always been reading about it, and I read Hans Holzer's books for years, mm-hmm. and um, and then I got into interested in investigation, and read several books about that. I've been on one investigation at Magnolia Hill in Arkansas, in West Hollywood. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, that, that was the end of That's my it? paranormal investigation career. Oh. <laughs> Between time and money uh-huh. and, I know, I get you that. know, travel and things like that. But, and that's one of the things that people think that paranormal investigating, uh, uh, it's not a cheap hobby. Mm-hmm. No, uh, not at all. Not at all. Um, although I have been told I have good instincts for it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I don't assume everything is paranormal. I look for a rational, oh, well, this is 19th century hardware. Of course, the door is not going to stay shut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and, that's, and that's the key. You know, you have teams who are, who are like, we're a spiritual team. They're led by somebody who's a psychic or, you know, sensitive of some uh-huh. sort. Then you have the other side of the spectrum that they, that they're, uh, well, we're totally scientific and if we can't get it in the machines and it can't be real, 
and those people are crazy. And I think that I think that people are just all psychic. They can't produce anything other than my feelings. And I don't know. Why can't I trust them? We're somewhere in the middle. We don't have any psychics on our team, um, but we pay attention. And like Tina explained it the best, we are common sense paranormal uh, because right. you you. Yeah, I don't necessarily like the word debunk, but everybody knows what that means. You're trying to find out the cause of what these things are. It isn't automatically as paranormal. Uh, more times than not, and over the past couple of years, we've explained so much stuff away that we don't even have to investigate very much anymore because, we, uh-huh. oh, oh, well, it's this. Oh, it's this. Oh, just handle it this way, you know. And so it's such a difference. Uh, it's so liberating, in fact. I mean, it just ain't different, you know. The black man yeah. is an evil because it's a dark thing. So. And do you also find that sometimes the, the reaction of the individual to the events can kind of influence the events? For example, if a door opens and you get scared and panic, that it can make additional events seem even more ominous? Whereas if you see yeah. a door open and you think... Somebody's playing a joke on me. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and we tell people don't give it energy. I mean, I, to, be, to be honest, I have no idea what causes the events to happen, right? I don't know where they get their energy, but they have to get some kind of energy. We get energy from food. Where does the goat get energy? They are energy. But how do they uh, manifest energy to do more? So whenever people start getting uh, freaked out, I'm like, I tell people don't, because don't give it that kind of energy, because basically, I mean, we produce energy. We are right. basically just batteries. So uh, if our anxiety goes up, then that our energy level goes up. And if, by chance, they can pull mm-hmm. that energy from you, uh, yeah. So, but people do. They, they, as soon as you think that there's something paranormal going on, everything becomes paranormal. You start to freak out. We come in and right. educate, and they're like, "Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. then that's okay." You know, I, I watch a lot of the, you know, paranormal survivor and the ha- haunting and the haunting and all those things, and I found we've got you know, contacted by a haunting several times. The the initial events are are innocuous they're more mm-hmm. for attention but then as the family starts to react and be scared it gets darker and darker and darker i so. think what they're not showing uh, and what they're not talking about in many of these cases the families will start to interact with the entity that's there right uh-huh. i always tell my clients do not investigate your own home. Now, if you tell me to come in and investigate, we come in and we try to increase the level of activity so we can get an EVP, so we can see something, so we can witness what's happening, right? And we leave and that energy will drop down. Now, if you, who live in the house, are trying to interact with whatever entity is there, that energy level comes up, but you never leave. So that energy level never goes back down. Problem is when you do that, it, start, it keeps increasing to where it becomes uncomfortable. Sometimes when that energy level gets to uh, be noticed, there are other entities out there. And you can actually, because of the activity in your home, 
bring in something else. Wow, because so, you can draw uh, attention and, and, to. Oh yeah, definitely. And then it can come, then it can be really bad. And then you have to come in and and uh, find out. Uh, you have to get somebody coming there and help you. Um, but you have to be wary who you have, who you call to help because sometimes some people could just make it worse. Well, just like well, yeah, Adrian, I want some to ask you, you uh, could just make it worse. I wanted to ask you. You are from Fort Smith, and obviously one of the more famous um, famous people and place and time in Fort Smith was the Hanging Judge. Um, have you investigated a lot of the area in Fort Smith? I mean, is Fort Smith have, does it have a lot of activity, obviously associated with Judge Parker and, and what was going on back then? No, uh, you know the uh, uh, we've tried to get in with the uh, the historical site, his courtroom, and all that stuff, uh, and they are not interested in having a team come out there. Our very first. Uh, uh, team investigation was an outside investigation. We was out there on the uh, on the grounds, and uh, it was an epic failure. Uh, learned uh, a whole bunch of what not to do, <laughs> and realized that very quickly that my equipment was not good enough for an outside investigation. But anyhow, I digress. We have uh, we have done investigations of the Clayton House here. It's very haunted. We've done the museum. Uh, here, uh, which is haunted. We've done Adelaide Hall, which is the museum in Adelaide Hall, right there by the historic site. Uh, I saw full body apparition there. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. Of course, we've done mainly homes because, like I said, I I started the team as a ministry. You're not really helping a business out so much as you are trying to help people out. And most of the houses we got here have some kind of activity. And I don't know if it's uh, necessarily Judge Parker related, but, uh, you know, Civil War related, uh, definitely. Um, just the, just the age of the town and the stuff that's gone on and the drama that's gone on in this area of the country, you know, with the uh, with the uh, Force March, the, the Trail of Tears, you know, that basically ended just, just beyond us. So. Uh-huh. So there's well, definitely a lot you, of energy in this area. Could you, for our listeners and anybody paying attention, uh, number one, just hearing you on the radio here on this program is is reason enough for anybody to buy a $10 ticket and listen to your lecture, especially as you get more in-depth in those. Um, as I was telling Lisa before, when I had set this interview up with you, um I told her, you know, it's not like your typical paranormal conversation where it's kind of, I mean, there's an element of, of, of information and entertainment involved in it. Again, so I appreciate you for, again, coming on. But could you explain the different types of paranormal entities that you come across for, let's say, someone like me who just refers to it as a ghost or a spirit? Well, there are ghosts. Uh, I, I believe that a ghost is a uh, a dead human being, right? Uh, I, I do believe that that's out there. I believe that there are demons out there, and they have a mission to 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 play. And we have, if you come to the expo, you'll hear a story of a demonic uh, uh, haunting 
and that uh, I'll be presenting that on Saturday, the sixth in October. But uh, uh, so that's a good one. That's a good one for uh, new investigators and old investigators to listen to. Uh, so I believe in those two entities out there. I do believe that the angels come around, but they're just they're they've got a totally different mission. And they don't haunt. They don't act like that. Uh, but the crypto thing. I just don't understand because the very first thing that I witnessed was that creature that crossed the road. I know it fit more kind of in the crypto realm, but we've never experienced anything outside of that that I would consider what it is. Now, was that a spiritual being? Was it an actual flesh and blood type being? I don't know what it was, but I do believe that that's what you got. You're haunting. When you have a ghost, it's a ghost. But I also know that if it's a demonic infestation, it can present itself as a ghost. So our job as a paranormal team is to discover what it is and then handle the situation according to what it is. Did I lose you? No, I'm. I'm. I'm okay. <laughs> we had an echo from Lisa's end of the of everything, so I was trying to kind of help fix that a little bit. Um, you know, you watch the. Um, let me ask you this: just personal question. Do you believe in the theory behind or the the involving uh, behind them, like the insidious? Do you, is there is that does that realm exist? To you, and, and okay, and and like the movie. Uh, yeah, yes, sir. I I will say, I loved Insidious. It was a great movie. I laughed all the way through it because it was supposed to be. I I jumped and screamed when you were supposed to. It was a great movie. It's a fun movie. It is for entertainment. Uh, a lot, and and it really bothers me, and it bothers a lot of uh, your more. Um, established paranormal teams uh, when uh, people will watch these movies and then they'll incorporate that theology into their, this is what it is. Um, the only movie that I've ever actually come close to anything that we've experienced uh, was uh, The Conjuring. Oh, that movie. Ooh. Well, I'm going to be, I'll be honest. I am a big, I am six foot five. I weigh 315 pounds and I feel like a two-year-old when I watch Insidious. It scares the hell out of me. I love it. It's so fun. (laughs) I mean, the conjuring is more, more along the lines. I mean, of course they exaggerate things, but it's more along the lines of, uh, uh, of a bad case and what can happen. Uh, it, 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 uh, as a matter of fact, after we went to go see it as a team, and, and uh, it was it was that night that I actually divulged everything that I went through post our investigation in Oklahoma, which I talk about in my hidden investi- uh, presentation. I, I just the way that movie was put together. Now, The Conjuring. Now that is Ed and. Lorraine, who was that again? I guess. Yes, Edna Warren. Yeah. Now, do they? That's a. That's kind of. Is that a legit story, or is that loosely based on truth? 
with them or? Well, you know, I I tend to think that that there was definitely truth in that story. The movie exaggerates uh, because you know, spooky cells. They have to do things and just really push it and make it a little more uh, ominous than it was because yeah, you know, otherwise we're gonna go ah, it wasn't that much. I mean, but. I believe that the family went through hell. I believe that Ed and Lorraine went out there and helped the family. And I think uh, uh, I, from what I know of the story, it sure didn't sound like a ghost. Uh, so so I don't know because I wasn't there. Uh, and all I could do is read the same thing that you could read, watch with the same thing you watch. But, uh, but I know that the family that we helped in Oklahoma experienced a lot of what we were witnessing in that movie. There was so many parallels to that. And uh, and so all the way through that, my wife and I were looking at each other like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's exactly what happened. That's the way it happened with us. So, yeah, pretty good. But, you know, Insidious is more of a joyride, more of a hammer film, hey, let's make a spooky film and do that. I do believe in that realm, that ghostly realm, but not in the way they put it. Right, uh, and they did a really good job, and the conjuring was was good, and then you had the Annabelle deal, and you know I still <laughs> to this day don't care for dolls. Period. <laughs> they just sit yeah, over yeah. there and they stare. The doll, dolls are crazy. crazy out when you're doing an investigation because you'll be sitting there and like you you know the, it'll be in the dark, and then somebody take a picture, and you don't even know that doll is right there, and then you see a face and freak you out, and then you scream. What did you say? You're uh, six foot. What? Six, six foot five. <laughs> six, foot three, six foot five, 315 pounds. And then you scream like, ah! <laughs> Oh, I'm going to tell you right now, one of the funniest stories ever was I was watching this movie over to a friend's house, and they have a, they had a, a little bitty dog, probably, you know, 30-pound dog, you know, nothing super huge. And we're watching in cities, and it's over, and we're sitting in the dark, and this damn dog decides it's going to skip out and jump across the room. And it runs across me, and I'm going to tell you right now, I probably needed to, uh, <laughs> some time to myself. <laughs> so it, it you know, leaves and Adrian. It's one of those situations where it was a, a perfect storm of a perfect timing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's funny. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't get scared, right? It doesn't scare me when when we do things and even when the uh the um the energy is so high because things are going on. I I I just get I just get kind of jacked up, right? Because it's really cool. That being said, I say I can't get scared or or that I don't get scared, but I can get booed. I can't think and I mean I could turn around and somebody be there, nah, you know, so I mean that's different. <laughs> so when you're when you're you know, watching something or you're in a situation and your and your energy is up and you're just amped and all of a sudden something like that happens, yeah, I can I can see that. And then and then it's terrible when you're you're a big big guy like we are and then uh, something happens and, and then we make those noises that shouldn't come out of big guys. <laughs> No, I always Just blame saying. it on something else. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> no, I, 
I usually like to go with the ventriloquist. I can just blame it on him. <laughs> but now, so when you go, okay, let's, so let's, um, you know, we got about 15 more minutes, and then I know you have to be somewhere at 9.30. So real, you know, because I, I do want you to, to get out there as well where you're going to be speaking other than the Paranormal Expo, but, you know, I'm pretty sure Lisa might want to know as well. Now, you, let's say um, because a client A calls and says, hey, I've got this going on and this, this, and this. Uh, can you come investigate? Now, kind of a two-part question. The number one is what is involved in the initial from the initial stage of the investigation to the finish, and then the second part of my question would be, do you prefer to have an inside knowledge of, of what's going on in the house, or would you prefer, like me personally, I like in watching Ghost Hunters, I've seen where, you know, they go, well, this spirit has appeared here, and this spirit's appeared here, and you almost from a mental standpoint, for me, I kind of man, manufacture that movement when, with what I'm watching. And so I've always been really one to, to not really want to know what was going on other than the place was haunted so that I could kind of validate myself and go, okay, well, this is what I saw here and this is what I saw there and this is what I felt here. And then they go, well, that's weird because that's where this happened and this happened and this happened. Yeah. Um, you know, I like to know. I like to know uh, the stories, what's going on, where things Because I'm going to set up cameras, right? People tell me this door always opens. Okay. All right. Well, we'll check out and make sure that it doesn't isn't just a just a level thing, uh, and then we end up putting a, a camera on. So we have to know that for that kind of thing. I will say that we don't get um, we don't. It doesn't uh, make it lose focus. We look at everything. Uh, we pay attention to that stuff, and, and I will say that 95% of the time, what we witnessed versus what the clients have uh, told us has been totally different. And, and, and it's because we're looking, paying attention. Most clients aren't looking, paying attention. It just happened, and then you know just when you're trying to recall something, things get a little wonky. On that recollection, so we go in and we set up cameras, and we uh, we want to know if things happen, so we can ask questions that are directed to that. But we don't stay in those parameters. Okay, because you know you watch the the ghost hunter show and, and every other paranormal show, and it's almost like they focus. And obviously they have to edit a lot of footage because they have to, you know, it's a television program. It's not a, a full-on investigation for, for what we're seeing. Obviously yeah, for them it is, but purpose. they have to condemn But they, you, you also, all of that. you're watching an hour-long program, and they've investigated for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> so there's a lot more to it than what you I mean, see on but, TV. But, but the TV shows are for entertainment. Right. And so now Lisa was telling me, and, and like I said, I, I do apologize. I uh, wish that, that we had interviewed this, you know, uh, in a time where everything wasn't hectic away from 
the radio station aspect of, of my life, but uh, you guys have appeared on, on several shows. Uh, we've only, we've been on ghost adventures uh, when they were out here at Fort Chaffee. Uh, and we've been on a show called soul catcher, which is a booth brothers film uh, for spook TV. And, uh, and also uh, there were some re airings of some of the stuff that we did with them on the unseen. And now, the, oh, oh, can you kind of tell us about your experience with the ghost? I, 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 I just heard the angelic voice, the angelic sounding voice of my wife. Also reminded me, I forgot about Alan Lowe, Shame on Me, and his uh, show called Seekers. And that uh, should be available at the expo, too, to be uh, sold. You can find him online and uh, um, buy those as well. And that, and that kind of talks about the uh, – Investigators and and think that they've witnessed and they're Arkansas teams, so that's cool. So, what was your experience like with uh, Zach and and the guys at Ghost Adventures? Uh, well, <laughs> it is it, kind of different because you know they're running through and they're doing all kinds of stuff. It was crazy, crazy, crazy hot. I don't know if you've seen the episode, but it was the first day of summer, and these guys are not used to Arkansas humidity. Nowhere near used to that, and they were dying. So they would they'd film for a little while, and then they'd run out to their rental car, and they'd turn on the air conditioning, and they'd come back out, and they'd film for a little while, and they'd come back. But, uh, but uh, when he is uh, dying of the heat on the show, and you hear him whining about it, that is not an act. He was actually just dying, and it was it was good fun. Uh, but uh, but I'll say that he had uh, was doing all the juggling of the stuff, and he really does call all the shots. You know, you go do this, you do this. You know, he he really had it. Uh, Zach did really had it under control. And in the middle of production, and he was getting ready to set up another uh, scene. Uh, a lady that we know. Uh, working at a print shop, and they do all her shirts. Uh, she come walking out, and uh, her name is Kat. She come walking out, and she said, um, "I'm like a huge fan. Can I get a picture?" And he just stopped production. And for that minute or two that he was there, she was his world. You know, so I, I thought that was really great because I've seen other stars, right, not do that. You know, put their head down and just walk through and stuff. So I thought I really appreciated that moment from him and put a different light on him, in my opinion. But but actually filming, it's all fine. You know, we filmed when we filmed uh, uh, for uh, Soul Catcher. Uh, it's great fun filming. Anybody said it's not, they're lying. It's fun to film. It's great. I mean, if they, if a show called me up and said, "Hey, would you do it?" I'm saying, "Yeah, well, because it's fun." But uh, that's never our goal to be on TV. Right. Okay. And Lisa was telling me that was one of the funny things she was talking about was he and, you know, living in Arkansas now for the past 39 years, uh, you almost ex- accept the humidity as its own season uh, <laughs> within a season here. And so she was laughing about that, that he was uh, was uh, remarking on how hot it was. And I can imagine because. You know, oh, it, he it, was dying. It, it, it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> to, to take in. And he's from Vegas, but 
or he's lived well, in Vegas for years. Well, you're talking three percent humidity. The, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the heat; it was the humidity. Yeah, you know, they, a great they, they deal with real there. heat out there too. The high desert is crazy hot, but you know when you get in the shade and there's a breeze, you're not dying. In Arkansas mm-hmm. and you know, or this part of the country, you know, Oklahoma, uh, you know, I'm sure down I'm there in Louisiana, uh, the heat is different animal. I I am from New Orleans and when I lived in the Memphis area I found it actually pleasant during the summers. Yeah. Because y'all got nothing on New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> and and our, our our mosquitoes aren't the size of the birds you have in New Orleans. That's actually in Alaska too. Believe it or not. <laughs> Oh, the mosquitoes are brutal. (laughs) (laughs) So, now you said, um, very interesting how you equated the the existence of of ghosts in in Christianity. I was, I had never really thought of it in that perspective. Now, when you deal with a ghost, obviously that's the, the, someone that has passed away, have you dealt with like a demonic entity at, at any point in your investigation? I have. Yes. And uh, that's what I was talking about the, uh, uh, at the expo on Saturday, uh, the October 6th. I'll be speaking that. In my presentation, I call it Hidden uh, because it has, we did a home in Oklahoma, and, um, and they thought it was a ghost, but they also thought something else was there. And, uh, and so they, they contacted us. And uh, and we went out and did a several line investigation, and uh, and yeah, come to the conclusion what was at that house wasn't uh, wasn't a ghost, and everything that was there wasn't a ghost. <laughs> it was all this one entity, and it was really uh, uh, doing a number on the family, and ended up doing a number on our team. So, uh, but uh, that's why uh, you got to be very careful with this. And I mean, don't get me wrong. But uh, but the point of my presentation is everybody's got their limits. <laughs> and when you come across certain things, you need to get out because it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what your opinion is on the paranormal. Truth isn't going to change. And the truth is there are things out there that could do you serious harm. Well, I know that one of our guests coming up in the future, and I don't know, uh, Adrian, if you've, read any of her books or, or seen her on Facebook, uh, Aline Fistanio uh, has authored a few books. She's from New Orleans, but her main uh, first book, I guess, that she's really gone after, and she hosts a paranormal show on YouTube. Uh, speaking of YouTube, any of our listeners, if you uh, would like to catch this show for for future listening, uh, and, and Adrian as well, give you the link but after the show I transpose this over to um, a YouTube uh, format Uh, it's pure audio with just a little bitty graphic that is throughout the duration of the audio so uh, I'll share that with you if you want to put that out for anybody but she actually hosts a show as well but hers is on the dangers of the paranormal uh you know, for those that want to get adventurous and do the the Ouija board and this, and she mm-hmm. talks about she talks about these these demons and these spirits attaching themselves to 
particular individuals. Have you ever? Uh, is there a, is there something that you do personally, or is that an you know is that a, a possibility that something you're investigating could attach itself to you or something? Very much so. It's a possibility, and 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 a really and. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't matter what you use of yourself to guard yourself. If you're going to get hit, you're going to get hit. And it depends on how you handle that situation. Uh, it's almost like putting on body armor, all right? And, and body armor is going to protect you, but it's not going to save your life in all circumstances. And people get uh, hit all the time and are down, right, in body armor. So you you have this stuff the biggest thing that you've got uh protection that you've got is your team and your faith in each other because uh when something happens and people start changing because they're being affected it's going to take those people to actually see what's going on and bring it up to your attention but you still have to fix it yourself so it's a it's a it's a it's a tough deal and 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 that's why my uh my presentation uh Hidden uh, talked about that because it's not as easy to see all the time. Well, Adrian, we talked about your uh, presentations that you'll be giving the uh, 6th and 7th of October at the Arkansas Paranormal Expo. Um, uh-huh. We're reaching 9 o'clock. I know you're, you've got to jump off here before too long. So, you know, let, before we go any further, so I'm going to throw the floor to, to Lisa. I'm sure she has a couple of questions. But go ahead and tell people uh, you've got upcoming dates. I know we've talked on Facebook Messenger. Uh, anywhere mm-hmm. that you're speaking that people could, could go and, and listen to what you have to say because I think getting a sense of, of your presentation just here on this show as is entertaining enough and to go in more in depth would be even more entertaining. So I know you've got some engagements coming up if you want to put those out there. Well, you know, some of the places that we're going to, we're just going to go out and hang out with other investigators. I'm not speaking at all of them, but like, I mean, uh, April 14th, we're going to be in Middletown, Ohio uh, at the safe post town event. I don't know if you're familiar with this event. It's a uh, it's a haunted school in Middletown, Ohio and to keep the building. Uh, so we're going to uh, take an active part in that. Like I said, I'm not speaking there, but I'm always, my mouth is always going. Uh, <laughs> and on June 8th and 9th, I'll be in uh, Winchester, Indiana. I was speaking uh, at the Spooked Con. Uh, Spook TV Con, and it's going to be at the Randolph County Asylum. That's only uh, like $20 for three days. Uh, that's not including the hunt. The hunt is a separate fee, but uh, but you can find that on TV, I mean, on, on Facebook. Uh, here locally in Alma on June 27th at 2 o'clock, I'll be speaking at the library, uh, and that's going to be, I'll be talking about ghost adventures there, so that's going to be uh, that's a fun one because I'm talking about Fort Chappie and the stuff that went on there and then, of course, filming with them. Uh, July 27th, 28th, and 29th, we'll be attending the Mid-South Paranormal Convention, just attending, not speaking, but uh, but uh, that is like the biggest paranormal convention there is and just good times there in Louisville, Kentucky. And then, of course, in October, doing the Expo. And what was that date again for the Alma event? That, uh, June, June 27th. 
at 2 o'clock. June 27th at 2 o'clock. My uh, fiance mm-hmm. was asking just now, uh, uh, I, I really might try to attend that. That's uh, Alma's not particularly too far from where we're here. Well, I'm located here in central Arkansas and North Little Rock, but uh, uh-huh. be worth going up and, well, and being a part of that uh, for sure. Lisa, do you a, have anything? Yeah, uh, it is in the middle of the week, though, so because it's a library uh, event. That is on a well. That is on a Wednesday. So. Well, my uh, fiance is a school teacher, so she has the luxury of being off that time of the year. <laughs> well, tell but, her to come. So, and, Lisa, you, uh, introduce yourself to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, Lisa. You've been listening to this to Adrian now for the better part of an hour here, and. Um, you know, I know you uh, You are the backbone of the show as far as research goes and never at a loss for questions. Well, actually, you know, I was wondering, I was curious, uh, when you have, you go into an investigation and you realize it's something non-human, demonic, uh, do you all have, do you all try to do something to get it out? Do the homeowners have to do it? Do you bring in someone else? How you can't is, bring in somebody to get rid of a demon. You can't okay. bring in someone to get rid of a demon. The okay. person, the family that's there, they've got to do it. Because, And that's a biblical perspective. Jesus said in a parable, you know, I can come in and clean your house of the demon, and then when I leave, that demon goes out and gets six more stronger right. demons, and they come back, and then you're in a worse right. place than you were. Because I'm not there. Same thing. Right. You know, uh, you've got to do it. You kick it out. Some, and and I, I can go all preachy on it. But. Yeah. Someone can come in and kind of guide you, but you have to do I have, it. You have yes, to do the work. Yes, yes. yes I, I, yeah. I have, a, I have a, a guideline prayer. Uh, that I that I give people, and it's something that I'm telling you, you don't you don't follow this word for word, but the points there is where you need to cover, and uh, and and it works. Right. That's what you uh, want. You I've want seen, it to work. Right, and I've seen on um, on some of these other shows where they, you know, somebody comes in, they go through, they cleanse the house, and then it comes back. Yeah. Well, obviously that didn't work very well. Well, so because they, they cleansed the house. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, like I say, I I call somebody, in and there are people who make uh, um, there are teams who make uh, a big deal out of this. That I come in and I cleanse homes. Um, we don't cleanse homes. We've been doing this for eleven years, and right. you know we have come in and saged houses. Uh, first off, you got to find out if it's a demonic or if it's a ghost. If it's a ghost, you can sage the house, you smudge it, right? But you, you might, that's not a one-time fix. You have to go and do that and do that and do that until it finally wow. never comes back. Uh, but if you smudge your house and it's a demonic entity, all you're going to do is just make it really angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine. So, uh, and, you know, d- demonic or non-human, but is it necessarily demon Satan or just non-human, never been human? Yeah, man. See, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, like I said earlier in the thing, there's a creature that crossed the road in front of me, 
I don't know if that was a spiritual or flesh and blood. Uh, I know a lot of people talk about non-human entities, and those aren't necessarily all demonic. So I, you know, right. I'm open to the I'm open to the fact that there may be stuff out there that I just don't know. Right. I think I I've probably been watching Supernatural too long <laughs> because you know I think a demon is going to possess your body. And just totally trash the whole life. Possession, pos- possession is they're bored with you and they want to end the game. Possession right. is not where they want to go. A, dem- a demon's uh, a demon's goal, a demon's mission is to ruin you, to destroy you, not to kill you. Kill you is boring, mm-hmm. right? Kill you is boring. Anybody can kill you, but it takes a lot to destroy people. And that's what they do. And I talk about destroying you, destroy your testimony, destroy your your family unit, destroy your friendships, destroy you. And at the end of it, I mean, most people just can't handle it anymore, and they take themselves out. Right. Yeah. Don't don't. You can't get your theology from movies. Movies and uh, uh, will mess you up. And then people go in there and think, oh, I can handle it this way, and and it doesn't work that way. And it's so simple. I would want Sam and Dean to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to okay. ask you, Adrian, on that comment that you just made. Uh, it's been said that, that a ghost cannot harm you, but it can drive Wow. Reaching. What was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Apparently, a ghost did not like that statement. <laughs> I think a ghost can harm you. I think a ghost can scratch you. I think sometimes they can touch you, uh, but more times than not, when a ghost uh, uh, brings harm upon you, it, it's causing you to harm yourself because. And then you run, and then you hit something, <laughs> twitch your ankle. But I don't I, think I, I just think because is... you've been touched or scratched or anything like that, I don't necessarily think automatically that that's a, a demonic entity. If they have the ability to shut a door, if they have the ability to to affect the physical realm, then they have the ability to affect you. Mhm. Right. I I, I I I kind of yeah I kind of agree with that. Although I think more often than not it's your reaction that causes you to trip over your own feet yeah. and fall down the stairs, and you think you got pushed when really you're just, you know, startled and clumsy. But by the time that you're reacting to whatever paranormal happening is going on, the paranormal happening has already happened in the past. And then right. people, but people respond to something that happened and it's not currently happened, and are currently happening, and they run. So stand your ground. It'll pass. Yeah. And if you're really, really terrified of that boogeyman, that camera name it out because that makes him go way faster than anything else. Correct. Paranormal what, humor. Paranormal it, humor. Sorry. Hey, Lisa and, and, and Adrian, I don't know if you remember this or not. It, you, you probably spoke so much that you probably don't. But, uh, Lisa, I, I don't know if you were, you know, that reminded me when y'all said something about did you hear that. Uh, it reminded me of a clip that I interviewed a, a gentleman out of North Carolina several years back, 
who does haunt like Linda Howell does the Haunted Little Rock tour, but he does North uh-huh. Carolina. And we were talking, and I wish I could find that audio, and I, ha- I cannot find it to this day, but we were talking about the the huge story, the main attraction to the tour that he does, and the gentleman that was involved, that was murdered in this small town was named Forrester, and we're talking to the guy, we're going back and forth, and and I meant, was mentioned to him, I mentioned the lady's name, and I can't recall what it was, but I mentioned her name, and I, I had drawn a blank in regards to his name because I was thinking about her late husband, and there was a brief mm-hmm. pause, and what was completely crazy, and I, and I played it for you, Adrian, and, and you had said we had caught an EVP on over the airways, which kind of tripped me mm-hmm. out, but... In that middle of that pause, there was a whisper that said Forrester. So I had wanted to ask you um, again, because I didn't get to ask you that time, but now obviously that came from his end of things. So there's really no boundary as far as the spiritual world goes. Like they're not secluded to a section in North Carolina. They can free travel or use whatever – electronic or whatever device as a vessel of communication. Well, and you're, you're talking over the airways, right? So you're talking on a, on a phone. And if you can get an EVP with a uh, digital recorder, I'm sure they can use that same thing to come across airwaves. Uh, I don't know. I mean, to the skeptic in me, right, always says, how do you know? I mean, you don't know. So you have to take people at face value. He says that nobody else is there saying that. Then we have to say, uh, okay, right? Or you can say, well, there's no way to prove that there wasn't anybody to say that. So it, it's a fake. So who knows? I, I I tend to believe that a ghost can do that. Uh, but, there, you know, you'll have a whole bunch of people that say, well, it's a bleed over because you have – this person talking and this person talking somehow it's a blend over to that. But if it's a specific thing, like it said his name, then that's a different uh, thing altogether. Right. Like EVPs. EVPs, people, there, there are people who try to say that there's electronic chatter. There's electronic chatter all over the place. But I've never got an EVP that said WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. So I never got I never got a radio call letters or or anything from the from the news or you know uh, <laughs> supernatural bleeding over onto my uh, uh, recorder. And I and I was of that mindset. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, the skeptic in me was like, well, he whispered it. But what was weird was is right after you heard the Forester, then you hear him say Forester and. Yeah, as his, you know, he was letting me know, and then I called him back because me and him were were talking over the phone, and we have he's actually coming on the show, I believe, the twenty third of April. Uh, but yeah, Lisa, you're gonna have to give me the schedule then. I lost. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna start typing that on your own. <laughs> I, I know. Well, we got uh, Shelly Smith coming on the show. You know, Adrian, if for any of your listeners or if you might be interested in tuning in or listening in later, you know, we've got a, a bunch of uh, paranormal uh, people coming in. Um, 
But, you know, I called him back and I said, hey, I got this. I want to send this to you. And, you know, either the guy, like, you know, the skeptic, the guy's a great actor, but you literally could, as he's listening to this and I'm on the phone with him, you literally can feel the the tension that, that came over him. I, it, it felt like to me in the silence that he gave off because, you know, he couldn't believe what he had heard and he published it on his website for a, a minute. And then, I, like I said, I can't find it. I wish I could find it because it was – I found it just listening to re-listening to the podcast uh, the next day, yeah. and I'm just and I, and and here's another six foot five, three hundred fifty woman. I'm in the upstairs apartment by myself doing a make ready at that time, and this comes over, and I'm in the very. It always happens, perfect timing. I'm in the back room of this place, furthest away from the exit door, and this comes over, and I literally freeze for a few minutes, and I just cannot believe. So I go back and I play it again and I play it again and I could not believe what I caught. So, you know, I have these moments where I, I see things and, and I feel things. And, and I wanted to ask you this, Adrian, I know we're getting close to time, but I wanted to ask you this. Where I work, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's been around since 1986. It's a bowling alley uh, as I'm the head mechanic there. And I all, I'm in the back with all these machines and obviously there's been people that have worked there for years and years and years that have passed away, not in the building, but have been associated with that building and its birth and, and it's the business's birth and being sold and bought. And I always have this, this sensation. I'll turn around and I'll see what appears to be somebody walking and I'll turn to look to see who it is because it's that uh, there, you know, it's that vivid to me. But there's nobody there. Can you kind of – is there an explanation you could give, not fully knowing the whole situation, but from what I've described to a degree? Oh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of scientific uh, things about corner of the eye apparitions and stuff, and, and you have to – uh, have to talk to talk to the wonderful Keith Page about that. He'd uh, he, he'd love talking about that. Um, <laughs> rods and cones, rods and cones. But um, no, I, I I really don't have an answer for it. Um, I you know I don't think you have to die in the building to be there. Uh, we investigated the the fat fish, which is a, in Muskogee, Oklahoma, and it's a, a submarine, World War II submarine. There's never been any recorded deaths on that ship yet it's haunted I think sometimes people go back to on the wire schools haunted you know, uh, you know they, they people go back to the schools uh, because that was uh, where they felt good at you know I think uh, I think like the bat fish is haunted because of esprit de corps I think people uh, that's where they felt uh, like they were actually uh, doing something that mattered so, uh, as far as uh, the uh, bowling alley, it may just be. I mean, I'm probably going to haunt a hospital. Why? Because I spent most of my time in a hospital. I work in a, I work in a hospital. <laughs> I've been doing X-ray for 32 years, so I, I almost feel more at home at work than I do at home because I spend more time there than I do here. Right. And and that makes complete sense. Which so we got about. It's 9.15. I know that you have to go, so I, I'm going to let Lisa say what she wants to say before we let you go, but I want to say personally, uh, Adrian, thank you for your time tonight. 
Um, My absolute you know, pleasure. I, I know I say this seems like every show, but I, maybe it's just our, the luck of behind the curtain that every interview that we've done so far, including this one, it's one of those ones where you look up and the time has passed. And, and so it's been a real honor and a pleasure. And I was talking with my fiance and you know, we plan on coming up to Fort Smith and spending a weekend and kind of looking at things over. So yeah, it's a great time. Adrian, I may reach out for you and, and maybe you can show us some of the areas around Fort Smith that are haunted. And if you, if you wouldn't mind and, because we're both That'd be very great. interested in that. Something like that would be awesome. Oh, absolutely. And again, thank you so much, uh, Adrian. I will share the interview, uh, the YouTube and the link for just the straight podcast. You can catch it on Stitcher and other places like that. But, you know, Lisa, I'll let you have the floor for a few minutes. And again, Adrian, thank you for your time tonight. You're very welcome. Thank you. Adrian, yeah, I want to thank you. This has been really interesting. I've always been interested in this topic, but to, Discuss it one-on-one with somebody is is just a great experience for me, so I appreciate it. And, uh, well, if you're, you're, not family, from, you're not too yeah, far away from Little Rock. Come on up to, uh, at the expo and hear my presentation. Well, I, I am coming to the expo, but also, if you're ever down in New Orleans, the building I work in is purported to be haunted. Oh, yeah? And I hear footsteps. New Orleans is supposed to be haunted. <laughs> Yeah, New Orleans, New Orleans in general. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, our building, I, in fact, a few weeks ago, I was the only one in the building, and I heard footsteps on the third floor. And uh, no, I've wow. seen a shadow in the kitchen. So uh, if you're ever down here, we can we can go in. I got the keys. We can investigate. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to it. That'd be great because I need to come down to New Orleans anyway to catch a boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need a vacation. <laughs> That'll be great. Let me know when. Thank you well, so Adrian, much. Well, we appreciate you. Again, we appreciate your time. And for everyone listening, that was Adrian Scout of the River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation. Uh, they don't mind helping people. Uh, I'm sure you can reach out to them on Facebook and um, maybe they can do an investigation for you if you uh, in the the area and, and things kind of work out. So again, Adrian, appreciate you for coming on. Thank you. And I uh, look forward to to listening to you at the Arkansas Paranormal Expo. And hopefully, I can get up to Alma in June. And and for everyone that has the benefit of meeting Adrian at, at any of his other venues that he has talked about, I definitely encourage everyone to get out and, and at least uh, meet Adrian. It's very informative, entertaining, and educational all at the same time. So, Lisa, that was Adrian Scalf uh, of the River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation. Say that ten times fast. Uh, I know. <laughs> very, uh, Lisa, now do you understand what I was talking about when I talked about having him on? It's, again, one of those oh, yeah. interviews that you... That you, I mean, the way he presented things, because you know, there are some paranormal people that go, yes, yes, yes. No personality to a degree, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about anybody in particular. Just the information was very personal, personable, and just keeps you. It kept me anyway, 
on the edge of my seat wanting to hear what he had to say. So I would encourage everybody to get a chance to come see him October 6th and 7th at the Arkansas Paranormal Expo. And uh, if you get a chance anywhere else that he talked about, definitely go out and check that out as well. Definitely worth the small amount of money, in my opinion, for that. Uh, but Lisa, oh, we're going to take a we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what's happening at Talk Radio Forty Nine and some of our other shows that are coming down the way. So we'll be all right back here. You're listening to Behind the Curtain on Talk Radio Forty Nine. Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping needs and accessories? Then check out the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at Sub-Ohm Vapors, located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas, want to see you. Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. Sub-Ohm Vapors. Vape it like you built it. I'm Billy Jack Kane's former World Wrestling Federation wrestler. Today I come with no mask. I come with no hidden voice. I come to you straight face to face because this is reality, man. Don't hide nothing. Thirty years ago, I witnessed the murder of two teenagers on a railroad tracks, August 23rd, Alexander, Arkansas. Twenty-seven years of that, I was a drug addict on pain pill medication. I become clean. It kept bothering me and bothering me and bothering me. And finally, when Seth Rich was killed July 10th, I knew that was a message to me because that's my birthday, July 10th. So here I am coming forward. This is a plea that I'm going to read here for you today. The plea is for those who has yet to contribute to the GoFundMe.com Kevin Ives, Don Henry murders that happened 30 years ago. Please contribute to the fund so that the investigator can continue his work. He says that they still need to interview possible witnesses and gather more information that will assist him in the investigation of the murder of Kevin Ives and Don Henry. Also, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, hashtag Kevin Ives, hashtag Don Henry. A former drug trafficker, I'm ashamed to say, and a hired enforcer. In the late 70s and early 1980s, when I was in my 30s, I stood six foot three and weighed between 260 and 300 pounds. I was very visually intimidating. I'm not proud to say that. In the 1980s, I transported and trafficked large quantities of cocaine throughout the United States of America. 
I bought cocaine from the largest drug trafficker in the United States, Barry Seal, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I would then sell that cocaine to contacts around the United States. Barry Steele later introduced me to a politician drug dealer from Arkansas. In 1984, that politician drug dealer asked me to kill David Kennedy, who I later learned was the son of very well-known politician Robert F. Kennedy, the brother of President John F. Kennedy. I was also an enforcer who provided muscle to other parts of the criminal element to ensure that their illegal business dealings were collected upon. In August of 1987, I was contacted by the Arkansas criminal politician and was asked if I would provide muscle at an Arkansas drug stop. The criminal politician suspected that some drug money drops were being stolen. He suspected that the state police officers were involved in the thefts in Arkansas. I agreed to assist with security at the drug drop site. While conducting security for the drug money drop, I witnessed the murders of two young boys, Kevin Ives and Don Henry. They were murdered by other individuals who were working for the same criminal politician. Their bodies were placed on the railroad tracks to be mutilated by a passing train. In late 2016, I contacted Linda Ives and informed her that I was on the railroad tracks and when her son was murdered, I was there. I have since met Larry and Linda Ives and their private investigator, Keith Ronsaval. I gave them a statement outing everything that I knew about their sons and Don Henry's murders. In my statement, I named three local enforcement officers, two local attorneys, politicians, and a local bar owner as those being on the scene of the murders in 1987. I also named the criminal politician who directed the events at the scene via cell phone with one of the attorneys, politicians, and me. Your assistance by donating to the Kevin Ives and Don Henry GoFundMe account is greatly appreciated by Larry, Linda Ives, me, Billy Jack Haynes, please, if you've got it in your heart, I'm standing here putting my life on the line today, telling you that I could very well be killed. Open your pocketbooks, give money to this fund, because they have to be taken down. And Linda, I've, after 30 years, man, 30 years if your son was killed, you deserve some credit too, and you deserve some money coming your way so it can be investigated. Go to the GoFundMe page, please. Thank you very much.
And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, behind the curtain in its final minutes of tonight's show. Lisa, that was uh, the GoFundMe account that we did the interview with Linda Ives and Keith Rouncival last weekend, or last Monday, uh, a special show. This is a bi-weekly show, so we will be back in two weeks on a Monday. Uh, Lisa, would you go ahead and, and talk about our guests for next week, or excuse me, the next show that we do? Uh, you know what? Uh, you have to give me a minute to find the schedule there. I lost it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Hang on a second. Um, okay, I think I found it. Hang on just yes. a second. Lisa would be my radio wife, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes, I am. She, she keeps up I'm with everything start. that. <laughs> that I don't keep up with. No, Lisa does a wonderful job. Every week that we do this show, uh, I read a description, as you'll see if you go to the link on the blog talk page, and that is written by her, so I can't take credit for it, because if I took credit for it, we wouldn't understand it. But you can go, ladies and gentlemen, to facebook.com, of course, uh, you can go to the Talk Radio 49 page. Uh, there's also a Behind the Curtain page as well. We update both of those frequently. There's a Behind the Curtain YouTube channel uh, with our logo. There are two shows currently offered as we've done two uh, Behind the Curtain so far. Uh, one was Gail Beatty, uh, the Bigfoot researchers of the Hudson Valley. Uh, then we did the Linda Ives and Keith Rouncival interview. Are the boys on the tracks, the mother of Kevin Ives, who was murdered uh, 30 years ago. And, of course, tonight's episode, Adrian Scalp of the uh, River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation team uh, will be up, uh, available on YouTube within, a, within the day, I would imagine. I try to get those posted for everyone, and I share them on both my personal page, the Talk Radio 49 page, and behind the curtain, we're also available on Stitcher. Uh, currently, I be, I'm not sure if iTunes has accepted the podcast uh, query yet or not, but I know Google Play has it and several other outlets as well. So you can log it in to YouTube if you need to and replay this. You can actually skip forward in the interview to the parts where the guests talk so you don't have to listen to me. But... Uh, you know, we try to we try to give everyone Lisa an opportunity to to listen to this show in a okay. various formats, um, and obviously there are more shows that Talk Radio Forty Nine does. We do the ASWF uh, Saturday Night Show anytime that the we're, that we are wrestling, and, and myself and Michael Carnahan and and uh, several others. Uh, are actually actively involved in that. Uh, we do that on Saturday nights during the show. we got a show coming up this Saturday, the 17th at 7 p.m. Uh, we do a show on Thursday nights called ASWF Aftermath, which talks about the week after and leading up to the show uh, for Saturday night. Uh, then we do On the Reel, 
uh, with Sean Castleberry and Michael Qualta. They haven't been with us in two weeks. Uh, Sean recovering from a hand injury, but that was that's going to be from six to eight or five to seven. I can't remember exactly on Sundays. It's a secular progressive uh, political show, as Lisa knows, and everybody that's listening to this show. Before we came back to Behind the Curtain, uh, we did the American Idiot Show, and Sean's taking his political show on Sundays, and we've come back to this. And then, of course, the staple of Talk Radio 49, clear and convincing, with Lisa O'Brien and Michael Carnahan. That's tomorrow night at, uh, when, when is that show, Lisa? Is that 7 or 8? Eight? Eight, 8 to 10. Central. And these are all Central Standard times that we give you for these for these shows. Uh, all Central Standard eight to ten. And uh, Lisa's, you take particular cases from the legal, the court's point of view, and then you kind of throw Michael in there with various questions and, and points of view and observations. And that is very entertaining. You've done Liddell Lee, and you've also done kind of a precursor to the whole show with the, how the court system works and that stuff. And so if you uh, if you pull up our schedule here, if you'll talk about what we've got coming up for Behind the Curtain for in two weeks, and then we can talk about clear and convincing before we jump out of here. All right. We've got Shelly Paris next week. Um, she on Well, no, actually on, on April 9th is uh, – oh, no, you've got me confused now, Brad. Here, <laughs> <laughs> my radio husband, uh, Aline Pustanio, New Orleans girl. I still need her high school for her bio uh, because that's I'm a big New Orleans that. thing. Okay, good. I, I'm just making sure. I was like, you know, you'll eventually do it. I just have to nag you. And then on April 9th, we've got Shelly Paris, who is from Mississippi. And she, uh, I met her on my one ghost hunt at Magnolia Hill in West Helena, Arkansas. And so I'm looking forward to both yeah, of those that, interviews. And Aline Pistanio, as, as uh, we talked about with Adrian, has wrote several books. She is also on a podcast. Uh, and a show on YouTube. You can Google mm-hmm. her name. You can go to Facebook and find that Aline Pistanio, A L Y N E space P U S T A I N O. And that is a very interesting uh, interview as well. We've talked to her uh, it, two years ago. And like I said, Behind the Curtain is, a, is an older show, but we kind of put it on the back burner for a while. We brought it back. And we're trying to provide the best uh, interviews that we can. And so far, we have uh, – I have not let anyone down, I think. No. We, I, we've, been hitting them, we've been hitting them right out of the park. If I Absolutely. And it helps it, – it so helps when you have a guest like Adrian on the show that keeps you entertained and – 
you know, has a way of, of throwing that element in there that, you know, you just, you, you can't wait to hear what he says next. He's got humor mm-hmm. and he's informative and educational and he's everything that behind the curtain embodies in what we try to present to, to everyone. Uh, of course, if you haven't caught a premise for the show, uh, I am a nerd to a degree and I was a huge Coast to Coast AM fan with uh, Art Bell. And so I know that I cannot live up to Art Bell's standards, but I try, and that's what we do with this show. Like I said, we've got Bigfoot guests. I've got a couple of psychics I'm in the works on. Uh, I've got, a, you know, the mediums and the psychics. I'm really efforting to talk to them. And uh, once I get everything focused and, and all mashed together, uh, you know, we'll, we'll start to, to put those shows out on the schedule. Uh, But they're busy, and so, you know, it's trying to secure a time for them uh, to come on. You know, it's real tough. I know we've got uh, uh, the guy, Greg, from uh, uh, Haunted Arkansas, Linda Howe from – or Haunted North Carolina, uh, Haunted Little Rock, Linda Howe, the uh, guest in the future. So, you know. What I tried to do a couple years ago when we did this, Lisa, was I did this thing where I wanted to to highlight in all 50 states uh, the paranormal aspect of that state. And so it seems like we're going to cover Mississippi, Arkansas a couple times, and North Carolina, and then Louisiana with the lean, Stania, even though it's going to probably go into more of the elemental dangers of paranormal but uh, right. if anyone is listening that has a paranormal uh, tour or a story or a group of stories, uh, you can email the Curtain Podcast. That's uh, the Curtain Podcast at gmail dot com, and there, you know, you can email me your idea, your story, and we'll we'll put you on a show. Um, had yeah. a Facebook message, Lisa, from a gentleman whose mother was murdered by her then-husband, and he was wanting some details and information about it. I shared that with you in the in the group message that we, we're in, and yeah. I'm looking into that. Uh, I really am looking into that because, you know, that's what we try to do here as well. You know, I want to give back uh, to the community and to the world what it's given me, and so if I can be a, a, a voice for uh, someone out there that feels voiceless, that's what this show can do for you. So email your wow. ideas over to the curtain podcast at gmail.com. Um, you know, that's what behind the curtain does. There's no, if you think it's, you know, we're not going to judge you on anything that you say or do because to me, I embrace this style stuff and, you know, uh, there's no boundaries or limitations, you know, only what the imagination provides. So, uh, with that being said, Lisa, you you have a show coming up tomorrow. Do you want to highlight that show before we go off the air? Well, what I wanted to highlight first uh, is I'm working on a couple of things. We've, of course, got a paranormal genealogist scheduled for May 21st. Uh, she's from Georgia. And then I'm also working on scheduling a ghost box researcher who's from Michigan, named Tim Woolworth. And then, of course, we've got our West Memphis, uh, Christopher Byers, Steve Branch, and Michael Moore show on May 7th. So we've got a lot going on. 
Yes, very busy time and a very good time to be listening to Talk Radio 49 for sure. Um, you know, your entertainment superstation. Yeah. For, for and sure. clear, clear and convincing tomorrow night. We're going to be looking at the uh, state of California versus O.J. Simpson and O.J.'s Lost Confession, which aired on Sunday on Fox. And see, uh, I saw that, Lisa. I saw that on. Uh, I didn't see it, but this is that. If I'd have done it, all right. And, if I, and if it's I don't a do hypothetical, it. hypothetical how he would have done it had he not done it. Um, and that's going to well, be interesting it. because that's the interesting thing about it. He keeps saying it's hypothetical, but then he makes these I statements. I saw, I felt, I heard. It's like, that's not hypothetical, dude. <laughs> that's your recollection of your experience. So uh, I think right. that's his way of saving face with his, with his kids. Yeah, and I, I mean, in a tragic situation, and I can't wait to listen to you guys go into in depth about this. Now, obviously, the cases you've talked about now have come with convictions and, uh, of course, the execution of Waddell Lee here in the state of Arkansas. But this one's going to be interesting for, for sure for the aspect that the state of California uh, found O.J. Simpson not guilty of murder, and a lot of people attribute that to flashbacks or paybacks from the Rodney King verdicts. And the incident with Rodney King, plus the racial tension in the city of Los Angeles at the time, because we have to go back to 1994 and then 1996 when the trial took place. So it's going to be very interesting. Encourage everyone to tune into that tomorrow night as as well. Uh, you you and Michael do a bang up job on that, Lisa, and uh, you know it's Thank it's, you. Just, it's really cool to have this show. And then it's followed by clear and convincing. It's it's a one-two lineup that I don't think you can get anywhere else for this no. for the low cost of free, free, free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think one of the you know, one of the best parts about these podcasts, we are live. We're not recording it and then uploading it somewhere to be played after a certain date. We are live. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, you can call in, you can find us on Facebook, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at O'Brien LN, and, you know, keep your calls and letters coming. Yeah, and like I said, you know, if there, you know, and I'm pretty sure that you're open to do a, uh, a clear and convincing on a case that's already happened, um, you know, they can hit you up on Facebook or, or Twitter or uh, however, you know, they or they can even email the curtain podcast at gmail.com and I will forward that over to you as well. Right. But, uh, you know, that's the benefit of what we do. Thanks to, honestly, thank you to Michael Carnahan for for providing the airspace for Blog Talk Radio and, and the, under the moniker of Talk Radio 49. And... Um, basically, you know, we, we get on here, we do this live. Uh, you can call in at any time. If you just want to listen, 
347-989-1171. That's 347-989-1171. If you just want to call in just to listen, let's say you're driving down the road, you want to just call in and stick your phone on the speakers, you can do that as well. And We'll put you in the screen room and say, hey, I just want to listen. Gotcha. We'll put you on. You can listen to the show, and then when it's over, it is what it is. You can call in. Obviously, we screen our calls, and, and I get hesitant about taking phone calls, Lisa, because of the nature of some of our shows. I will never ridicule any of our guests on no. behind the curtain or, or anywhere because of what they believe in, because, you know, it's what they believe in, and it's what I believe in to a degree. I wouldn't talk to them if I, if I didn't believe in it. And and I want their story to get out and their message to get out. And if you don't believe in it, you don't have to listen, but we would encourage you to listen. And uh, maybe you just open your mind a little bit and peer behind that curtain, and you might see a world that you never knew existed. Um, so that's what we try to do. And, and uh, like I said, we've had a great time doing this so far, and it's only going to get better. I don't know how it can get better because – I feel like we're already up here with who we've talked to already. But, um, you know, as long as we don't start to, to roll the coaster down, I think we'll be fine. And I don't see that happening with the people that we have scheduled to come on the show. So, uh, wow. again, I look forward to, to many more shows doing this. And um, I think we've given out all the contact information. And, that, and again, our guest tonight was Adrian Scout of the River Valley Paranormal Research and Investigation. Uh, appreciate his time. You know, he works in the evening, so uh, affording us the hour and 30 minutes that he did uh, mm-hmm. was very much appreciated. And, uh, again, this will go out on YouTube, and I will publish that on the, the BTC page and the TR49 page, and then I'll share it on my personal page, and then I'm sure, Lisa, you'll – probably share it around so I guess Lisa it's about uh, that time of the night where we pull the curtain back and and take our curtain call as they say and get ready for another two weeks and that's another thing too Um, you know we we run every two weeks if for some reason you want to talk to us and you've got a message and everything's legit and checks out and whatnot uh, we are not opposed to running in between our normal scheduled times to accommodate you and your and your you know your time frame, uh, you know if you'll give us a little advance notice and we can set some stuff up. Uh, I'm not opposed to running the show in between our normally scheduled program, um, you know. But for right now, it kind of helps us to to bring more guests on the show to have that two week window to where we can continuously talk to people and get them ready to come right. on the show and, and schedule. So, Lisa, do you have anything final you'd like to say before we, we call it an evening? Uh, well, I would just say, uh, you know, this was a, a great interview with Adrian Scow. Uh I think he had one bit of sage advice. Never investigate your own home. It's a bad idea. Somebody from outside to come in and help you heal or, or understand what's going on. Absolutely. And, I, and our guest... I think I'll close it with that. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. And our guest next week, or excuse me, the 26th, Elaine Fustanio, will be 
talking about the dangers of the paranormal and paranormal research and that stuff. So you're not going to miss that as well. For Lisa O'Brien and myself, Brad Hicks, this has been another exciting episode of Behind the Curtain. We will see you guys March 26th in Lean Pistanio here on Talk Radio 49.